welcome to the podcast 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 where we podcast about podcasts i'm dita and i'm lisa dita i had a journey today oh yeah uh, take me for a ride okay so i'm mildly allergic to raw apples yes and by mildly allergic i mean like it makes my mouth itch for a couple hours and that's it and i don't really eat them very often because that's yes. probably not something you should uh dance with <laughs> too too often if you want to survive um generally advisable to stay away from that kind of thing right? yes <laughs> but apples but apples are like my favorite i love apples yes. you give me you give me apple chips and i'll be the happiest person in the world because those have been cooked and i can eat all of them but uh once or twice a year i'll buy one apple and i'll cut it up and i'll take the skin off because the skin is the worst part for me and I'll eat it, and I'll have, like, my wonderful moment of joy where I eat this nice, crisp, delicious, fresh apple. So, it's fall, which means it's apple season, so I need my apple, my one apple. And I got it, <laughs> and I've been moving it around the kitchen for the past week, just looking at it, waiting for the right moment, because, you know, I, I'm also going to take better to eat this apple, because, you know, allergies. I know, I know it's not the smartest thing to do, but I love apples, and I don't get them. Very often. Look at me. I'm not judging you. I, I, I know. Far be it from me. I'm not worried about you judging me. You you know my you know my uh, apple journey. But uh, I'm, I'm trying to uh, alleviate the rest of the world that listens to this, like my family. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, it's time. You know, I'm 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 ready for a snack, and this is the perfect amount of snack that I want. And so I peeled it. I cut it up into like perfect little pieces, and I could just like have little bite-sized chunks of apple and. I sit down and I go to start eating it, and it is the most disappointing apple I've had in my life. No. It was... It's so sad. It wasn't crisp at all. It was bland. There was, like, no flavor to it. And, like, even Lily was like, oh, I'm not sure about this. So I ate, like, half of it, and I still took Benadryl, and all that Benadryl basically went to waste because I had a disappointing apple. Yeah, that's um, that is a, a tragedy, and I am so sorry. Right? When? How long ago did you buy the apple? A week. Huh? Is that like I got it last week? It's a gala yeah, apple. Gala apples are usually pretty bad. good. They're not yeah. the best, but they're decent. Like they're solid. You know, to me, it's Pink Lady, then Honeycrisp, then Gala. Fine. You know, I can't really expand beyond that. Have you had? No. <laughs> I can only have one apple a year. I know, but next time, because it's a good, it's a, it's in that sphere, and I've always had good luck with them. Is jazz apples? Yeah, I've, I think I've had those a couple times too. But yeah, it was just R.I.P. to your apple experience, right? And so I, I, I was already benadryled up. It's like all right, and I just, I just woke up from a nap like an hour ago. It's mm-hmm. the evening. I have an mm-hmm. energy drink. I guess I'm not sleeping tonight. I mean, all of that for nothing. <laughs> To be fair, like, you don't sleep a lot of nights anymore, so... I've got better. I found out how to sleep this past month. <laughs> um, I do have a question. Have you ever tried taking, like, non-drowsy Claritin or, like, Zyrtec instead of Benadryl? If I take Zyrtec, I will sleep for 18 hours. Aye. Zyrtec is not non-drowsy. That is a lie. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. I will take your word for it. But the apple allergy is like, it's a pollen allergy, right? It's it's a pollen allergy, but you still need antihistamines, and that's what Benadryl is. Well, well, yeah, but isn't Claritin, like, slightly 
better. I don't know. I don't have no. to take allergy meds on the regular. Clar- Claritin doesn't work for me. So so none of the like uh, over-the-counter regular allergy meds work. I've tried them all. I used mm-hmm. to have the worst hay fever for like nine months out of the year. Um, Claritin yeah. doesn't do anything. Zyrtec makes me sleep forever. Uh, Allegra doesn't do anything. The only thing that works for like sneezing and stuff like that is Sudafed because it just dries up the nose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was incredibly unfortunate. Yeah. But at least you can eat cooked apples. Like, you're not totally bereft. I know, but it's not the same because you don't get that crunch. I wanted the crunch. I get it. I do get it. Oh, no. My mouth is itching now just thinking about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so, similarly, I had a brief complaint because I think you are also experiencing that uh, having to do with our airways. And that is the air got spicy again. And I don't approve. It did. It did. I actually went to your town this week. Um, you were working. But I went to your town this week with with the dog to like go on an adventure because the air was going to be too spicy up here for me to go outside. And I've been stuck inside for like a month. Yeah. Well, I was not paying attention because the air quality has been okay here. And on my way into work today, I went, huh, I'm starting to get a little bit of a headache. And my nose is a little itchy. What's going on? And then I was like, it looks kind of hazy out, but that could be fog because um, my the o- area of my office is in, and honestly, like any part Our of where region. we live north, yeah, it's all foggy all the time. Yeah, no, this um, I always like to tell myself that this season is where we get to play fog or smoke. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which I didn't realize Facts. until like a couple years ago, but that's the where the word smog comes from. <laughs> yeah, um, but so anyways, smog, I got to the so. I got to the office. And I got out of my car and I was like, oh, no, that's that's smoke smell. And I checked the AQI and it was 150. Yeah, you told me that. And that, like, I think I told you, like, congratulations, your AQI is finally worse than mine. <laughs> mine was 120. Well, and the worst part is that um, my office is the building I'm in is ancient and there's no AC. And so there's no sort of like air filtration. And so I actually had to be like, uh, we'll see how today goes. And it like it was OK. Uh, but I'm gonna have to check tomorrow before I go in, cause no bueno. You have a little air purifier, don't you? Yeah, at home. I'm not lugging that thing to work. <laughs> it's like the size of a, like a dehumidifier. Oh, I have a teeny tiny little purifier, so. No, mine's like a whole room, like, it's got a HEPA filter. No, nah, mine's a large coffee can. I mean, if this keeps up, I might ask my boss to get me one for my office. Yeah. Well, and it's going to happen again, so. Speaking of possibly carcinogenic air, we have a podcast to talk about. That we do. So the way this works is, every week, we roll dice to select a platform, a category, and then a show. We listen to two episodes each and are here to talk about what we listen to and give our thoughts on it. So what's on the hook this week? This week we reeled in Past Gas, which as of recording was number 13 in Leisure on Spotify. From the description, Donut Media brings you some of the craziest stories from all of automotive history in their new podcast, Past Gas. Hosts James Pumphrey, Nolan Sykes, and Joe Weber walk you through incredible stories behind your favorite cars and manufacturers, like underground Japanese racing clubs, bitter racing rivalries, and how some of your favorite classic cars came to be. Remember, it's about cars, not farts. Except it feels like it should be about farts. I feel like sometimes it is about farts. Yeah, yeah, that's very valid. Um, so 
I listened to episodes number 116, The Ugliest, Weirdest, and Most Expensive Concept Cars of All Time, and number 176, Citroën, The Quirky French Company Has Been Hiding How Cool They Are. And I listened to episodes 195, The Paris Dakar Rally, The History of the Race Across the Sahara Desert, and episode 198, Miracle at the Nürburgring, The Story of the 1969 Argentinian Torinos. So this podcast is like a car history podcast with a lot of like dumb 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 jokes yeah and like i love a dumb joke i cannot describe how frustratingly dumb these jokes were these weren't even funny like the paris dakar thing they just had like a fake french accent whenever they said anything and it was just insulting and i bet the citron one was too yes yeah very much that um have you ever listened to the last podcast on the left no i had a roommate that was obsessed with it i can't stand it now Never. I refuse. But the format very much reminds me of this. Yeah, and I think that's why I don't like this. <laughs> be fair. It's guys reading a script, and then every uh, once in a while, uh, somebody riffs for a bit. Yeah, the um, Paris to Car one was really frustrating because they kept interrupting the story for dumb jokes. Mm. Mm. And, like, so then you don't get the actual story. Like, you don't get the actual... Yeah. Like, nothing connects to it, and you just get, oh, they were making dumb French jokes. Oh, they used Mini Coopers that were super spruced up. Like, yeah, you don't get a whole through line because the the subject is interesting, the stories are interesting, the delivery is awful. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I guess I should uh, preface this by saying I am not a car person. Um, my car it turns on and it gets me where I need to go. Um, and I, you know, I can appreciate a car from afar, but I don't. I'm not invested in any way, and so I I tried to pick episodes that i mean as we always do but i tried to pick episodes that i thought i would have some level of investment or interest in and they were both kind of a letdown um so the first episode i listened to was about concept cars um and they delved into the history i guess you know originally the concept car started as like a way to um soft launch potential uh changes or improvements or new designs in the car market it started with this guy Harley Earl, um, and the first concept car, as we know it, um, was the 1938 Buick Y-Job, which is uh, an interesting name. There are theories behind why it exists, but the thing is, if you look at it, it just kind of looks like a space-agey classic car. It's, like, uh, very black and sleek. It's a little bit squishier than, I think, the early cars that we, like, come to mind for us. It's, like, a little rounder and a little flatter, but it's not that weird-looking, and they, like, they go through the history of the concept car. And, uh, you know, most of them, they were, like, maybe a little bit futuristic originally, but they weren't, like, that far off the mark because they were, like, actually designs that they were considering turning into, you know, a sellable item. And so they didn't really talk about, like, super wacky concept cars that much. Like, at the very beginning intro, I don't remember what the car was, but they talked about some, like, weird f- French fiberglass car. And then before they really got into the history, they kind of were like rattling off their favorite concept cars. But like none of the ones they covered were that funky. I was a little disappointed. Like, you know, I think the most recent example that uh, the Internet really just tore to shreds was the uh, Tesla Cybertruck. I don't need them to spend that long talking about it because we all know what it is. But it was just like, I feel like your title is a little misleading. It's the history of concept cars, but you're not talking about like anything super out there what are some of the other ones 
Yeah, they there was like the one that I did think was a uh, funny was uh, GMC had their they had a model called the Centaur and it was literally half minivan, half flatbed truck <laughs> or not flatbed truck, sorry, a uh, pickup truck, which is kind of what happened with a uh, what was that one truck? Are you talking about the Subaru Baja? No, but that is also a good. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I was a little bit like I was a little bit let down. I mean, part of the problem with this is that if you don't know what they're talking about, and I was like in the car listening, they try and give visual descriptions, but since I don't really necessarily know all the terminology, I don't really know what they're talking about, and I couldn't go look them up, so I had to like wait and go look them up. So it was kind of hard to follow, and like I was like, these all sound fine. Like some of them are a little weird, but a lot of them were just like they were trying out a new body shape. One of the ones they were talking about was the um, Ford Probe Three. And the body of which eventually became the Ford Taurus. Uh, I don't know about you, but that's not a super wacky car. <laughs> and again, like, this is all in the past. And, like, you know, past ideas of what the future looks like seem fairly normal to us now, I guess. But I don't know. And also, he, uh, one of them said a line at the end that just really rubbed me the wrong way. He said, concept cars are a reflection of who we really are. It's like... Are they? I mean, I think the whole con- idea that they're a concept car and they're not actually designed to become a real car is belies that entire statement. Yeah. Well, again, like, I think maybe like, the original intention about, like, you know, it being like an imagination of what could come next and, like, actually market testing these things. Sure, but, like, the modern concept car, not at all. Like, modern concept cars are just, like, people going, what if I did this? Which, like, not to say you can't do that, but I don't know that that says anything about us as individuals or as a species. Yeah. It says something about the person designing the car. So, yeah, that was kind of like, a, yeah, it was fine. I mean, it was interesting. I, I like knowing where concept cars come from, but I just, I don't know. I'm, I, I wanted to hear about, like, some guy invented, like, <laughs> I had this book when I was, a, or we had a book when I was a kid. It's called uncle wismo's new used car and it was about like uh these two g- kids going with their uncle to the used cars sales lot to get you know, turn in his lease and get a new car and the shapes of the cars in that one are all like one's shaped like a s- stuffed bunny and another one is a fruit bowl and i was like is there something like that in this that would be cool i don't know and so then the next episode i listened to was about the french car citroen um, I'm just going to keep saying Citroën because that is the English pronunciation. Somewhat amusingly to me, um, towards the beginning, so th- the one guy who's like m- mainly reading off the history the entire time, he keeps saying Citron, which means lemon in French. And then at like, the top of the episode, they're talking about how like they, he, they just learned how to pronounce it. He's like, yeah, I, when I was a kid and I was playing some video game, I used to always say Citroën. And the other two guys were chiming in saying, yeah, that's how we said it. I was like, that would have been more correct. Because <laughs> there's like the two little dots over the E. So it makes it Citroën. I think every time I've heard it said in English, it's Citroën. Yeah. I mean, like, it doesn't really matter. No, but I just, I just thought it was funny. They were like, I just learned how to pronounce it. And I'm like, actually, you were closer before Citroën. Uh, I did learn that apparently um, the steering gear in the Titanic was made by Citroen. They were originally uh, a gear manufacturer. So, uh, oops. I do think, like, the... It's an interesting car company. I, there's, like, this kind of myth in the States, um, and I don't know if some of that has to do with, like, the company was, like, sold off and by, by another company and, you know, uh, manufacturing changed and whatnot. Um, but it has, like, kind of a reputation for being a bit of a lemon car in the United States. 
I should say, for people who don't know about Citroens, you can't get them in the United States, so they're kind of like a weird niche thing to know about, if you care about cars, I guess. So anyways, they did talk about that, and, and it, you know, they actually were kind of these cool cars. Um, it was kind of like a marketing stunt, but I guess the, um, the inventor, Andre, he was like trying to prove how cool his cars were, so um, they had them cross the Sahara from Algiers to Timbuktu in 1923, which is pretty dang cool. So yeah, those are my two episodes. I feel like I learned some stuff, but I just, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, this wasn't a topic for you. Um, conversely, though, I, I like cars a little more than you. I'm not super into them, but I have been a little more car-centric yeah. than you in the past. Yeah, you have some buy-in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did watch way too much Top Gear back in the day, because Top Gear. So this kind of <laughs> reminds me of of old-school Top Gear, but with but with more interruptions that I don't like. Um, so I've never watched Top Gear. I've seen, like, the, the parts where they have celebrities go around the track. So Top Gear, back when I watched it, and it, it's changed since then because um, Jeremy Clarkson is an ass, but uh, it <laughs> starred uh, Jeremy Clarkson, James May, and Richard Hammond, and they were kind of like three idiots that would, like, they drive around uh, Rome in supercars, like, Lamborghinis and see like where they can go in these super wide, super low cars. Or they uh, once drove across the spine of Africa, which had never been done Ooh. before. Or they'll uh, they made one racer take a van around the Nurburgring and see how fast she could get around it, and she was very <laughs> mad about it. Uh, they once took a um, Toyota Hilux, which is like a Toyota Tacoma, and drove mm-hmm. it off a cliff, drove it into the ocean, and did a bunch of stuff to it to see if it would still like drive, and it did. So they would do, like, dumb stuff like that. And then the part you're familiar with is um, where they would send their celebrities around the track in, like, a little car and see how fast they would do, which was always kind of fun. But, yeah, they would do do weird, dumb things. They'd do these big, like, hour-long films of, like, like location events and stuff like that uh, where they would, like, both, they would, like, each get, like, a really, a local car for, like, X amount of dollars and try to do this thing in it. So it kind of uh-huh. reminds me of that. And like the, they would like review fancy new supercars and stuff and all that. And it was funny. They would joke with each other. They'd make fun of each other. You know, a lot of dick jokes because it was juvenile and that was kind of the point. But uh-huh. this kind of reminds me of they're like they're trying to do something like that, but American and it's not working because they keep interrupting each other. And so you can't get a solid thought through and you can't get a solid story through because they keep having to pause to make dumb jokes about how to pronounce stuff or a dumb french accents it was infuriating Uh. because like the dakar paris rally would be a really interesting thing to learn about i wanted to hear about you know how a guy went from like trying to ride a motorcycle through the desert and almost dying into like making this big long race where you are responsible for repairing your own car or helping other people repair their cars there's no pit stops or anything oh that's what that is yeah so I've heard of that race. I did not know that was this, this. It would have been cool to learn about, but, like, I couldn't keep focus on what the story was. I listened to this, like, two and a half times. And I couldn't focus on what the story was long enough to figure out what they were saying. And to figure mm. out, like, you know, the story they were telling. The the other episode I listened to, uh, Miracle, Miracle at the Nürburgring, the story of the 1969 Argentinian Torinos, was a lot better. And it was only, like, three episodes further on. But they made a lot of Nazi jokes because a lot of Nazis went down to Argentina after world war two mm-hmm. and all that stuff and it was just really in poor taste but it was a lot mm-hmm. more like an actual cohesive story about like 
this guy who was a racing legend from Argentina, like, wanted to make a car from Argentina survive the Nürburgring, which was, like, an 84-hour circuit drive race, 84 hours. And it was really interesting about, like, how they developed the car and how they got it, you know, to the race. And then they had three at the race, and they were... And the joke was, uh, because they were numbers one, two, and three, they were like, this is the first one that's going to fail, this is the second one that's going to fail, and this is the third one that's going to fail, because no one believed it could happen, and then it happened, and they, like, they, you know, got through the race without breaking down. Cool. Like, that was a good story, but it was, again, broken up by so many jokes, that's that's the most I got out of it. So, uh, this episode had a similar problem that we've had before, which is that we don't know who's talking at any point. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. like the one guy. Uh, I think it's um, Nolan. I can kind of figure out when it's him, um, but it's pretty unclear. Honestly, I didn't even try to figure out who was who. It all just blurred together. Well, the only reason I was tracking is because there's this one guy, and I don't think it's Nolan, who likes to do voices, but he's not good mm. at them. And so mm-hmm. I felt like he was just like kept breaking off into doing like these goofy voices, and I was just like, this isn't. This isn't contributing it to anything. This isn't funny. You're just like, it, it, yeah, it is, like you said, about, you know, Top Gear. It's kind of juvenile. It's not, I don't know. <laughs> and juvenile, like, juvenile humor has its place. I'm fine with it every now and then. Sure. But not to the detriment of the thing that you're trying to convey. Yeah. And, and I think that's what really bugged me. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a pretty fair criticism. Uh, this is a show that is, so, you know, I guess just because of where we are with our show at this point, like you can't help but help compare to other things you've listened to. And the easiest comparison to draw here is like the yard. And this does a lot better than the yard because they have an actual topic to talk about and they're not just like jumping from topic to topic constantly. But otherwise, (laughs) I have a lot of the same problems. And I think too, part of it is that we are 100% not the intended audience. Oh, so their their listener mail kind of gives it away that their um, audience is mostly teenage boys, yeah, at or below driving age. So I guess in that instance it makes sense. But I I just wanted to learn cool stuff. Let me learn yeah. cool stuff. There's so much history of cars that people don't know about, and like let me learn about it. It's fine. I will say, like, to that end, my other critique is that a lot of what they were telling me, I felt like I could read on Wikipedia, or I did read on Wikipedia. And so uh, when you have a show like this where you're covering history that's, like, maybe not well shared, but decently documented, first of all, like, they don't cite sources, so we don't know if they're doing independent research or if they're just pulling stuff off of the internet. Two, like, because they're not really talking about these things beyond, like... So the format is that they have a script and they read a chunk and then they riff and then they read a chunk and they riff. But the riffs aren't like these deep discussions about the material. So I don't really know what it's adding. Yeah. Yeah. And and like like the, the Dakar Paris one, too. They kept making jokes like, oh, yeah, we always talked about Dakar as in the car. And it's like, dude, this joke got old the second time you said it and you've said it for an hour now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I will say also they have a soundboard, but there's just one sound effect. And I think it's supposed to be like an impact driver or something. Huh. Uh, It's like a, it's like a little drill noise. And I really, oh, it was very grating. Yeah. Okay. I like, it sounded like it was supposed to be whatever is used to change wheels out on like um, a racetrack. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I didn't notice it, but the the second episode I was listening to, I was literally working on my car, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, I may not have heard any sound effects. That's fair. It's not, like, super overused, but it was also just kind of jarring when it would pop in occasionally. Yeah. I did like, I thought it was kind of nice that they end the episodes with listener letters. You know, it's it's within the realm of parasocial relationships. Like, this feels like a nice way to acknowledge your listener base without, like being over-involved, I guess. And, like, the listener mail was kind of making fun of them a little bit, too, the ones I heard. Mm. Like, some inside jokes and stuff like that. So, I guess there is a lot of give and take within their community. I just... But that's also what clued me into, like, oh, yeah. yeah. My, uh, nearly 40-year-old self is not <laughs> the intended audience for this. Yeah. I'm about, uh, 20 years too late. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did learn something cool in one of the letters they were talking about um, where the sport of spinning comes from. I guess it originated in uh, Soto, South Africa, and it was like originally like a, a funeral rite, which is pretty cool. I don't know. I kind of wish they yeah. had just spent the episode talking about that. There you go. So, ad break? Ad break! So uh, this time we have for their uh, for their ads, we have influencer ads, but for car stuff, which was kind of an interesting take. Yeah, I mean, it didn't it didn't feel too over too over advertised. They read some copy. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. eBay Motors. The uh, episodes I listened to, it was like uh, there was like both. So they had their ad copy, which was a lot of crossover, which I mean, makes sense with car talk. Like the eBay Motors thing is. Uh, in most car talk episodes, I feel like, but um, there was also like definite like ad agency. There was one for McDonald's, and there was one for I think Domino's. But the, I mean, none of their ad breaks. So there's four total. There was like one at the beginning, one at the end, and two in the middle. And none of them went over like I don't know a minute. It was fine. Yeah, yeah, and and that's that's perfectly reasonable for an hour long podcast, in my opinion. Like if if you're not spending five minutes on ad copy, it's fine. Yeah, I agree. And yeah. I, I didn't have any any issues with the ads that we've had with other, you know, other shows. Volume, yeah, volume was fine. It didn't jar you out of anything. I mean, not that there was any cohesive storyline for it to jar you out of. They didn't pull a yard and rag on each other. Oh, I was trying to forget that. Sorry. <laughs> and related to that, too, they do seem like, as much as they're, like, cracking jokes and stuff, they do seem to genuinely enjoy working together, which is nice. Oh, yeah, that... They they are enjoying their project. They're happy that they're doing what they're doing. They're glad to be there. Which is, you know, it's nice. It, it doesn't seem like they're doing it because they have to or they overcommitted or I don't know. Like, they, yeah. they are genuinely invested in what they're doing. Yeah, they're having fun. Like, you can hear other people in the studio laughing while they're making their jokes. So as much as their jokes aren't for me, they're at least enjoying themselves and they're you know, being relatively harmless about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not offended. I just, I mean, I am very much not the audience. No, me neither. Like, I'm not, uh, I'm not sitting here going, why does this exist? I'm just going, I don't need to know about it. Yeah, it's, it's a perfectly fine podcast for people who are into that style of podcast. I think it's far yeah. superior than the yard for if you want that kind of, you know, guys joking around thing. Yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah, I, I think it does help that they have something they're purposely trying to talk about. I think that's yeah. a good thing. I, I mean, in general, I think most podcasts do better 
when they have a structure. They're, the podcasts where it, I just, like, am okay with uh, the hosts just chatting about when, whatever, whenever, uh, are pretty few and far between. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, so do you have any final thoughts on past guests? I'm going to pass this one. Oh! <laughs> I was trying to think of, like... King! A, <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know. If you like cars and you like want something, you know, in the background, go for it. Do what you want. I'm not your dad. Yeah. If you like cars and if you like fart jokes, this podcast is for you. I don't like fart jokes as much, so this podcast ain't for me. <laughs> I like yeah, I mean not to belabor the point. Like I like a dumb joke, but I still need the joke to have some sort of substance and to have some intent and it's not just Oh, 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 you said a silly thing. I don't know. Yeah, it's not just, you know, air moving. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that concludes this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to talk to us, our website is podcastpodcast.fish. Our email is podcastfisherman at gmail.com. We are on Twitter and Instagram at podpodfish, and now on Facebook as the Podcast Podcast. Music is by the incomparable Evan Speakman, who you can find on Instagram as at speaking recording. Ed episode is edited by me, Lisa. Logo and associated artwork is by me, Gita. We'll be back with a fresh catch next week. Bye. Bye. Why can't I think of his name?